and welcome back to the Snakes Cast. It's Wednesday, I'm David, and I have Amy and John with me. Hello! Hello! And we are going to be continuing our discussion on chess variants by talking about some games that take elements of chess and succeed in being great games using those elements. Do you guys want to start... Like closest to chess, and then kind of expand beyond that. Yeah, why not? Cool. Sounds rad. So one that I think we can all agree is a very close um, relative to chess, but uh, gives you a little bit something different to work with is Onitama. Cool. Same kind of starting position. Uh, very you know symmetrical board setup. Each of you controls the exact same pieces on opposite side of the board. The goal is essentially the same. You either want to knock out the opponent's sensei, or uh, in this you know, variant on the original rule is occupy the opponent's temple with your sensei. Yeah. Get across the board like checkers or kill your opponent's king mm-hmm. and you win the game. So it's a neat little twist on both of those. But I guess what makes them different from chess? I think the coolest twist that they put on it is that uh, the total randomization of the movements that you can take. Um, in chess, you have a very uh, strict setup. Each piece has its own movement that it can always do. But in Onitama, not only are you limited to only five movements per game, and those movements rotate depending on which uh, setup you have, but um, once you've exhausted a movement, you're essentially giving that movement to the other player uh, Mm. to then use on you. So it gives you a new little kind of brain-crunchy strategy. But Um, it's not actually symmetrical like chess anymore, though, because in that case, you never have the same two movements between the two of you. Mm -hmm. Interesting. It's kind of like uh, the Duke, then. Yeah. In that case, you never really have the same pieces as your opponent. So something like the Duke, which is another chess variant we were going to talk about, you randomly choose your pieces out of a bag. So just like Onitama, if you you take out your opponent's king, or I should say Duke, um, then you win the game. Um, but you have a million different tiles, which are your pieces. They don't look pretty anymore. They're just wooden tiles. Mm-hmm. Well, they're nice wooden tiles, I guess, but you know what I mean. On your turn, you either move something. If you land on something, it's dead, just like Onitama, just like chess. But if you uh, summon a piece on your turn, it'll go right next to your king. And it will just go into... It'll come right out of a bag. And we'll just see what happens. Mm -hmm. Which sometimes works great for you. And the other times, it's not so great. So I guess that goes into what we were thinking about, about chess, how... It's such a stressful game that sometimes the best way to deal with that for new players is just by adding in random elements, like drawing cards in Onitama or drawing tiles in the Duke. Yeah, I think one of the things you see from new chess players, something that I'm definitely guilty of, is that analysis paralysis that you get when you have no idea what you're looking at on a table. And so in your mind, you're rotating through every possible option, just trying to find something that won't get you killed. And Mm -hmm. um, the thing I love about these games is that they just take that choice and lift it right off your shoulders. And now it's, (laughs) uh, you know, up to chance, which is great. And I think my favorite thing about the Duke, um, which is something related to the cards in Onitama with um, having movements that you know about, but you don't know which ones you're going to get uh, in the set you're playing, is when you exhaust an ability in the Duke, you flip that character over and now they have something new to do, which is kind of cool. Absolutely. And it keeps the game fresh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Also introduces a very interesting thing of you can move a piece into a place where it can't move anymore. Mm-hmm. It is actually possible to get pieces stuck in the Duke, which chess you can't do, of course. You can get blocked in by the other player. Yeah. But That's you can never put totally yourself fair. into a point where you can't move. But I think yeah. the footman, the, the, the basic, 
your pawn, I suppose, as far as there is one in this game. Yeah. Uh, if he flips over in a certain place and he's he can only move forward, so if you've got him to the opponent's side of the board, he's jammed. Yeah, and unlike a game of chess or checkers, getting your pawn, or I should say footman in a duke, to the opposite side of the board is not always a good thing because it's not like you get queened in a game of the duke or in a game of of uh, Oritama. Oritama. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> There's... It's an interesting element that they chose to take away. I don't know if it's for simplicity, just to make it an easier-to-learn game. Um, but it's an interesting choice that seems to pop up more often than not. Yeah, along the lines of... Um, or related to the idea of blocking off your opponent as well, um, something that I like about Kami Sado that does something totally different uh, than anything else is actually punish you for um, blocking off your opponent. Absolutely. Yeah. If you, uh, if I have it right, I think you know the game a little bit better than I do, but mm-hmm. um, if you stop your opponent from being able to take a movement, then you actually lose the game. Am I wrong? Uh, yeah, so the rule book for Kamisato, as wonderful a game Kamisato is, the rule book gives you about seven or eight different ways to play it, and mm-hmm. it's a nightmare. <laughs> um, now, I actually like to teach it in a little different way, but yes, the rule book does suggest you lose the game if you can't move. No, if you stop your opponent yeah. from being able to move, Yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. I teach it with a slightly different variant. It makes the game last a bit longer, but it makes it a slightly more rich experience. If it ever comes to your turn and you must move a piece that can't move, then we skip your turn, and then the next player chooses which piece they want to play with. Now, um, it just makes it a slightly more head gamesy game, which I think um, is an interesting little twist on a chess variant game that is made specifically to sort of simplify a game. Uh, Do you even know the real rules? I, I know so Kamasato, Amy. <laughs> I know it. <laughs> so with Kamasato, what you're doing is the first player will choose a piece they want to move. In this one, you can't specifically move backwards or sideways. You can only ever go forwards. Um, you go towards your opponent. You can go straight or diagonal. It's totally your call. And we kind of move like a queen in a game of chess because you can go as far as you want, straight or diagonal. And the board will be colored. So the board actually dictates part of the gameplay element. Let's say I land one of my pieces on blue. If I land on blue, the opponent must move their blue piece. And all of our pieces are colored in that way. So we basically go back and forth dictating what the other player has to play. And that's another sort of like action restriction element of a chess variant that we haven't really seen in any other games just yet that we've looked at. It's a very interesting aspect. Um, if you get one of your pieces to the opposite side of the board, you win the round, and it's a very fast-paced game. The moment where you said that you move every piece like a queen, I've just been sitting here bouncing because I really want to talk about another game that uh, I think trumps everything else here, and uh, it's called All Queens Chess. Uh, this is a thing that exists. David, have you heard of this? <laughs> okay, so I challenge everybody listening to this. Go to your closest Desairs or Toys R Us or wherever you can get your own board games and track down a copy of this. It is amazing and it's exactly what you think it is. Every single piece in the game is a queen from a chess game and they all move like queens from a chess game. I think the best part about all queens chess, and we've played this before in the (laughs) store for a display copy, it was a bit of a nightmare, but the best part of that game is the tagline on the front of the box. Now, if I have it right, I believe the tagline for all queens chess is, quote-unquote, it's the classic game of chess, but every piece is the best piece ever. (laughs) (laughs) 
That's amazing. <laughs> no, the greatest part about this is that the goal of the game is Connect Four. I did not know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the best plot twist ever. This is like the memento <laughs> of board games. It's so good. You so have no idea where it's going to go. You are just trying to make a line of your queens. Yeah. yeah. You just want to get a line of four queens in a row. Wow. I did I know. not know that was the... You didn't I, see I've it coming, seen it. Hey? I knew it existed. I yeah. just assumed it was a total obliteration scenario. It's amazing. M. Night Shyamalan <laughs> makes a board game. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> How about if we're going for what is sort of a relatively modern classic, which I think riffs off um, chess in some of the ways that we've been discussing, which is Stratego. Cool. Stratego's awesome. Yeah, um, I haven't actually played it. If you guys want to um, give, give me the knowledge. Well, it's a classic. It's kind of a chess game where um, you each have a flag. Think of that kind of as your king. Um, but the neat thing about this game is nobody knows what your opponent's pieces are because it's all secret. Because essentially instead of having like sculpted minis that you're moving around on a board, you have these planks where you get to see the face of whatever piece um, you're looking at, but your opponent just sees a blank little like piece a wall, of plastic. Right? Like a wall, yeah. yeah. Okay. Now, you have a flag that's hidden somewhere on the board, and if your opponent captures the flag, then they're going to win the game. Unlike a game of chess, no two pieces are equal in this one because every single piece in Stratego has a numeric value and that's supposed to be like their strength. Your pieces will range from 0 to 10, if I'm not mistaken. And if you ever land on an opponent's piece, then we just go 3, 2, 1 and flip over our two pieces and we see what happens. Whoever has the higher number kills the other piece. If you guys have the same number, well, uh uh-oh, we stab each other in the face and we both die. Um, but I think the best part about Stratego is that sort of confusion element of not knowing what your pe- your opponent's pieces are. But there are head games to it where you're trying to read your opponent and figure out, like, why would they have moved that piece there? Maybe it's a one or maybe it's a two and they think it's an expendable piece. It's a very clever little game. I like how that also takes away the the analysis paralysis aspect in a new way where it's like I can't overthink what I'm doing because I have no idea what's Agent on the of table. Chaos. <laughs> and there's one lovely little piece in there that really throws a spanner in the works of what you're thinking about, which is that the one who is the spy is the only piece that can kill the ten. Ooh. Yeah. Um, but I, I want to riff off that as well, if I may. Of course. Uh, which is that you use the wonderful word in there, confusion, which brings us to a lovely subversive variation on Stratego. Uh, You, I believe, have seen this before, John. I don't think, Amy, you said you hadn't when we talked about this earlier. But this one's fascinating. It's exactly the same. And you can see what letter piece, it's letters in this game, you can see what letter piece you're moving. But you are the person who doesn't know how your pieces move. Your opponent can see how they're allowed to move. And what you, it's, it's all about spies. And what you do is you make a move and your opponent tells you if you're allowed to do it or not. Because they can see whether the piece is allowed to do that move. And then you have a board that shows you all the possible moves and all the possible letters. And you just have to cross off, you know, this piece can't move forward. So anything that allows a piece to move forward, I know it's not that piece. Mm -hmm. And you cross it off and gradually whittle down which piece each one is. So at the end of the day, it's a chess the deduction game. Yeah. It takes the perfect information from chess and basically removes all of it. Brilliant. That's very cool. (laughs) I want to just make a game of chess where you don't know what your pieces are, but your opponent can lie to you about them, and there's someone at the table who's secretly a spy for both. So in confusion, there's a question mark. It's the one piece that your opponent can tell you anything they want about. Oh, that's so cool. So you have to try and just found your new favorite game. (laughs) 
Anyway, with that, I think that's all we've got time for. But on Friday, we're going to look at a couple more great chess variants and a couple of games that have some aesthetic similarities to chess, but aren't in any way. They're just they're completely different to chess, but they might be cool if you like something about chess. So we'll be talking about those on Friday as well, and we will see you guys then. Bye for now. Farewell! Farewell! <laughs>